Hello and welcome to Success Stories. I'm Kendra Hall, Chief Storytelling Officer at Success Magazine, and this is the podcast where we sit down with the brightest stars and the boldest thought leaders as they share their stories so you can create your own success story. I had a great time during this episode because we did something a little bit different. Instead of me interviewing someone, I was the person being interviewed by none other than Success Magazine's editor-in-chief, Josh Ellis. It was so great to be able to talk with him about some of the things that I'm passionate about, especially in this new expanded role of a lifestyle editor with success. So sit back, enjoy this conversation between me and Josh. All right. So do you want me to start talking? Um, no, we'll do it at the same time. One, two, three. <laughs> okay. Hey, Kendra. Hey, Every hey time- Josh. Welcome hey, to hey, success. I know you've been, you've been here before. It's a little, it, it is strange to like, be like, okay, I'm handing this show over to you. It's yours now. And and I get to be in the hot seat. But actually, you know, now that I think about it, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Welcome. Thanks for joining me. It, it only um, repeats the pattern of any time we talk with microphones around us. It's strange, right? <laughs> you and I conversate just fine when it's not being recorded. But man, it's awkward when 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 I'm interviewing you. You just throw me off my game. I know you mentioned that once before, and I will point out that you just said the word conversate. Like, is that I, I'm impressed oh, and also oh, question whether or not people I, I'm sorry that I throw I please don't we don't don't let me throw you off your game. You've got you've got too much game to be thrown from. People have been making fun of my vocabulary since I was a little kid, but look at me now, right? Like, <laughs> You're an editor. What does that say about vocabulary in general? I exactly. think I think vocabulary is really just a suggestion. Yeah. Take that, everybody. All you <laughs> bully kids on the playground. Um, well, Kendra, <clears throat> one of the reasons I'm here today is because in addition to being the chief storytelling officer of Success Magazine, you now are an editor too. We, mm-hmm. uh, as of today, this episode's out April 6th. Today. We're rolling out our editorial board. So, the new ma- the new issue of the magazine is out today, and if people pick that up on newsstands or at store.success.com, then they'll see a kind of a redesigned structure where um, we have a handful of people, editors, if you will, who are overseeing our content, our content verticals. And so, what does what does the lifestyle editor do, Kendra? There's an app in, you've probably heard about OpenTable, which is an app people use to make reservations at restaurants. Mm -hmm. But there's also like a specialized, I feel like it's only in New York. Maybe I just haven't used it anywhere else called Resi. And you can, so I was updating my profile on Resi and I put in a lot of time on your hands now. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, what, I'm not even going to, you can't even go inside. Well, now you can, now you can go inside a restaurant or at least at the time of this filming, you could, Um, but I put like lifestyle editor at success magazine. And I was like, wow, like what, what does that mean? Because you, you thought that the restaurants would assume it means food. And, and thus you're going to get the best table and that, maybe a little I, extra. I'm not going to lie. That I was like, I'm going to let them make their own assumptions about what lifestyle editor means. Genius. But, but for me, I really, I've been thinking about it. Like what, what does this mean? And Josh, as you know, and as the listeners know, like I'm an entrepreneur, I started a business. My husband has a business. We have a business together. We're living and working and doing all the things out of our Manhattan apartment. Um, but I've definitely come to realize over the course of, I mean, several years, but certainly over the course of the last 18 months, like what, what exists beyond work? Like what, what are we working for? What are we working towards? Why are we working in the first place? And so for me, this lifestyle editor position was such a perfect um, uh, collaboration with the questions that I'm already asking myself. 
what does, once you've achieved success or as you are seeking success, what is on the outer fringes of that definition? What does it mean to work from home? What does it mean to find joy in every day? What What is work-life balance? And so I'm really looking forward to, this is something I've been exploring for a long time. Um, and maybe it's just like I'm frequently inundated with it. Like what does lifestyle look like under the umbrella of success? So that's what I'm looking forward to exposing. Is exposed yeah. the right word? I kind of feel like it is. Uh, Mr. Vocabulary is exposed <laughs> the right word. <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to uh, sharing, bringing to light in, in this additional role. I think that it's a crucial position for us. Like if, if, if you're following, if you're reading the magazine, you'll see some of these are other verticals that, that are rolling out like money, sales mm-hmm. and marketing, um, you know, the, the very work intensive stuff, but the, mm-hmm. the difference between success and entrepreneur or Inc or um, wealth magazine is that we're really about the intersection of your work and your purpose in your work and your life. Mm-hmm. And now more than ever, there's a blurring of the lines. Mm-hmm. And and it's because of technology, but it's also just because people are more, especially solopreneurs, are focused on working in their life's passion. Um, and so, and doing it, as you've said, you work o- alongside your husband, uh, doing it with your family and mm-hmm. sometimes your friends. And there's, there's so many more, um, you know, uh, uh, offshoots of, of this, this lifestyle vertical that we're going to be exploring in um, more episodes upcoming. Your column, of course, in the magazine continues and you're all over, um, you know, the success community. So uh, super excited to hear all the things you have to say about travel once there's travel again. And- yeah, I'm traveling. I'm, I'm traveling right now as we... I'm, I'm just always traveling. That's how I'm going to see it. I'm ready to get back to travel, Josh. Yes. So travel, um, health, I think is one that, that, yeah. that makes sense for you. Um, philanthropy, this, this mm-hmm. is, again, it's the intersection of purpose and work and, and life. Um, and then also just like your, um, you know, those restaurants in New York, uh, are being led to believe, I, I think luxury, there's a place for, in success for celebrating your wins and rewarding yourself with things that you want and, and what, what you're working toward some, um, you know, some sense of, 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 uh, you know, celebrating your accomplishments. And so all of those things, um, you know, your listeners are are going to be treated um, to hear about, and we're still going to have great guests on and, and hear their awesome stories. Yeah. I remember it was actually pre-pandemic. Uh, it was February 2020. So think back to February 2020 when life was just a, a rainbows and unicorns and you didn't even know it. Um, but I had had, a, you know, it had been a really busy season to the launch of 2020. I was... I was speaking all over the country. I think I was home. Maybe I I was definitely gone more than I was home. We had set huge goals for 2020 and for the next decade. And um, it was like mid February. And I looked at my husband and I'm like, but why? Like, if I can't enjoy any of this, if I'm just always working, why, why have these goals? And um, we made a decision before the, you know, the, universe made a decision to like figure out lifestyle. We made lifestyle choices. And then of course, two weeks later, we we were allegedly, we were told like, wait, no, we're going to make some more edits to those choices. Uh, But yeah, this is, this is something I've been practicing and exploring for a long time. And I'm excited to take that journey with the listeners as well. So yay. Happy about it. Speaking of those listeners, you got the call for questions. We did. And I think in your new position here, this is one thing that we're going to be doing more often um, is is getting to interact with 
um, the audience. And so I've got a handful of these and, and we're going to, uh, we're just going to see, we can get, get a little deeper um, into the Kendra lifestyle if, if, uh, if you're ready. Okay, I'm right. I'm a little, you say it, I'm a little nervous, but <laughs> let's do this. Okay. Can I, can I do like a pass? Can I like, is there a delete, but is there a meh next or no, no. Okay. Only, no. O- only on the one question that you told me I couldn't use before, before we started. <laughs> okay. Okay. You got it. <laughs> and everybody's begging to know what that one was. But somebody asked if I had that was the one that stood out. If I had had <laughs> surgery on my mouth, no, <laughs> I don't know why it was so random. But there you go. <laughs> I mean, I had braces when I was a kid. Is that? Kind I of know. Like- I I had Invisalign <laughs> like ten years ago, but no. If, if my mouth looks different, it is just <laughs> stress. That is it. <laughs> All right. From and I'm going to read. Uh, these are Instagram questions. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read um, the, uh, the, 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 the askers handle. So this really? one, this one comes from healthy habits village. Got and it. It is. What is your best tip for slaying your business while still keeping your family priorities in check? Mm. That is a great question. Um, I should have read these more carefully. Um, no, no, no. It's 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 better to be um, authentic because you yeah. told me you told me that before you sent these over, you had to wrestle the phone back from your fourth grader. Now that's <laughs> I know that's so the that. truth of this. Exactly. I before I sent it because our internet is down in our house, so I have to use my phone hotspot to record this interview in the first place. This is real life right now in a pandemic. Um, so I, I think the first, I think the first part of that question that is, I think back to you asking it just a couple of seconds ago is the word, the thing that stands out is slay. Um, and I feel like that's, that's the first thing to wrestle. So there have definitely been times where I felt, felt like I was slaying my business. Like I was just killing it. Like things were just rocking, like everything was moving. And there have definitely been times where I felt like I was like just slaying it with my family. Like it was like, I was so there, so present mom of the year. However, I can't say that there have been like, like it is the intersection, like to slay it both at the same time is is definitely more of a challenge. And there's only been really like a few of those moments where I really felt like I was doing both, where I was slaying, again, focusing on that word, both at the same time. And that was when um, I was uh, like, for example, launching Stories That Stick. And I was on the road and I was speaking, launching the book. And I would be at a huge event speaking and then we'd be selling pre-orders to the book and we were able to bring the kids along. So I was on stage speaking and at one event, I remember I could look out into the audience. It was in a stadium. There were 10,000 people and I could see my kids, like the outline of my daughter's hair because she was in like one of the front rows. And, but those are like exceptional situations where I I felt like I I was slaying both at the exact same time. And I think that this is an important thing is that entrepreneurs, that solopreneurs, that anyone, uh, maybe you're working, maybe you're an intrapreneur and you're crushing it at your job, that they're their imbalance is a part of it. Um, Right now I'm in the middle of writing... Well, while we're recording this, it's going to air in April. So, but while we're recording this, I'm in the middle of writing my book. I lock myself in my bedroom for eight hours a day. I do not see my children. I do not see my husband. I'm not slaying it there. Now, I will say that at 5 p.m., I emerge and I go into the living room and I try to be present for them. But even then, I'm sorry, like after eight hours of writing, can't be that, pre- my brain is mush. Like I'm spent. We, we've watched Cool Runnings. We've watched Mighty Ducks. We've watched, like we've watched a whole lot of movies. Um, 
So, so that's what I would say in terms of like, what's my best advice? I've heard that you're supposed to have boundaries. I'm definitely working on that. But my best advice would be to simply understand that there's going to be imbalance. Um, but if there's too much slaying on one side, you're, you're the other. It's like it's slay or suffer, right? So you can't, you, you got to find the balance between the two. If that makes sense. It does. I, um, I, I think if this, uh, the pandemic has taught us all anything, it's that we, we have to be forgiving of ourselves and accepting yes. of ourselves. And so if the, it, it's, it's a little bit ridiculous to expect anyone to be mom of the year and also like growing a huge business at the same, at the same time and do both perfectly well and keep them separated. You know, like there's, there's just like your, um, your time and your emotions are going to get inter intermingled there. And there's no way to, to separate that. And and so I, I just, I remember at the beginning of, of, um, the pandemic when you were starting to hear people be like, well, you've got all this free time now. If you don't launch that business, then, um, you know, it, well, you were just making excuses all along. Well, get bent. This has yeah. been, a, this has been hard on people. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, we have to learn how to, how to, um, give our best and be accepting of it. And I think, you know, I've been producing your show for a long time, uh, and so I've, I've seen it firsthand. And so I think you, uh, I think you're, you are slaying, um, <laughs> whether you know it or not. Speaking of COVID, the question is from Maya E. Murphy, and there's two of them. It's okay. how has working from home or remotely, um, changed your career for the worse or better? That's the first part. And the second part, if, and when travel were to open up completely, would you travel and speak as much as you used to? Mm, okay. So the first one is how has it changed it for the better or worse? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, it's an interesting thing because at first, at the, at the very beginning, so I always say that we got a two-week head start on the pandemic ahead of almost anyone else in the United States because my primary business was keynote speaking. And it was travel and it was moving around and it was large groups of people. And so decision makers, event planners, starting in like late February, and I believe it was a leap year. So we even had February 29th in there. We're hearing about this thing and it had moved from China to Europe and it just seemed to be getting closer. Um, And so we got what I say was a two-week head start where we had events being like, you know what? Let's not do it March 7th. Let's just wait and do our event March 31st. Um, (laughs) which of course now I'm laughing because that's hilarious. Like March 21st, 31st, like 2020, like that was impossible. Um, And so at the beginning, how COVID changed our business for the worst is because for those first couple months, uh, it was absolutely devastating. And actually I would say for the first two weeks, it was the, I lost like 10 pounds I felt like it was like an out of body experience because I was getting the sense that life as I knew it personally, my business was over. Like it was like something terrible had happened, but nobody else was really figuring it out. And I'll never forget there was a day, it must have been like March 13th, 12th maybe, where a girlfriend of mine who's in medical sales called me and said, hey, weirdly, are you traveling at all anymore? Because they've just shut all of us out of hospitals because she was in medical sales. And all of a sudden, that was the first time that I realized I was like, oh, wait, maybe it isn't just me (laughs) that is affected by this. So right at the beginning and before anybody was going virtual, uh, it was really hard. Now, of course, as a storyteller, I think what I feel like one of the great strengths that I have is I really see life as a perpetual story. So anytime you feel like you're at the end of the story, all it takes is just reconsidering it as possibly the middle. And so 
um, seeing that as the, the complete collapse of our business is the middle of the story. It did a couple of things. One of the things that it did was help us reevaluate the way that we were spending money personally and within our business. And we were able to kind of reshape um, and, and rein in expenses that we d- didn't need to be making. Uh, and that has, will has now and will continue to pay off in the long run. Um, Additionally, yeah, like in the long tail of the pandemic, it it really brought to light like what, like it really is nice. I remember one night I, um, my son had already fallen asleep and for whatever reason I hadn't put him to bed. And then I was like, oh shoot, I should go in and give him a kiss. So I went in to give him a kiss. I woke him up and he kind of like in his sleepiness said, mama, are you, are you leaving town? And I was like, no, I I don't have anywhere to go. Like nobody's, there's nowhere to go. And he, in his sleepy little voice was like, okay, good. And recognizing that like, yeah, pre-pandemic, and this goes into that second question, I was gone all the time. Um, And that my kids didn't necessarily want me to leave all the time. So So I would say that, you know, simultaneously, there's always good and bad. I would say the worst thing about it is I, I, I miss, um, I miss seeing people, uh, like I miss seeing them real time experience what I'm giving them. When you're on a stage as a keynote speaker, you've got a room full, maybe it's 100, maybe it's 500, maybe it's 5,000 people. And, and you're sharing with them the, the thing that you feel called to share. And you get to witness it real time. Like you get to see the light bulbs go off. There is nothing more magical than that for me. Um, and so while I am still very thrilled that I get to share my information virtually, uh, maybe it's, you know, live Zooms or pre-recorded and, and I know that it's going out there, I really miss. And that was an injection of joy. And I feel like that's an important thing when we talk about lifestyle as a whole. And then in conjunction with the pandemic, we do not have, for many of us, we do not have the in- Injections of joy that we used to have. For me, it was being alive on stage. I have a friend who's just like, yeah, life kind of sucks right now. Well, he loved, he had season tickets to multiple sporting teams. Like that's what he did. That was his injection of joy. Maybe you're a teacher and you don't get to see your kids in person. I get it. It's not the same over Zoom. So we've lost some of that injection of joy. And that I think actually has been not just in my career, but overall, like I get, I get like these, these rushes of joy from just random interactions with people at at restaurants or in the coffee shop. That's part of why you move to New York is because you never know why you live in New York is you never know who you're going to meet or the conversation you're going to have. And, and that's just not there anymore. So those are some of the the worst things and the monotony of it all. Just the, I mean, every day really, it sounds cliche, but it feels like Groundhog's Day. I get up, I do my thing. The kids do their thing. We make something for dinner. We watch a movie, we go to bed. And I know there's ways maybe to change that up. I haven't exact, a year in, I don't exactly know what those ways are. The thing that I will say that has been, and we're only on like part two of question one, Josh. Um, (laughs) I would say the thing that has been the best is like a reevaluation of priorities. Uh, And then this bleeds into question number two, um, like I love sharing, I love the opportunity I have to share what I believe in. Um, and I feel so grateful that that opportunity exists for me. I also love having friends uh, before the pandemic. I didn't know any friends because I could never hang out with them and they didn't really, you know, like, so I love, I love being at home with my kids. I also love traveling. So I think that, you know, when I've also learned that there are things that I love to do that don't require me being on the road. So once all travel restrictions are lifted, yes, I will keep traveling because for me, there's nothing better than being in front of a live audience. Um, 
but it'll also be much more constrained because I love getting together with my friends to have margaritas. I had a watermelon margarita a couple nights ago. It was amazing. And I want more of those. I like the ones with a little jalapeno. I know. In those? There as well, just a little, little, little peak. Watermelon and jalapeno. I feel like they always separate the true. It should be a jalapeno mar- uh, watermelon margarita would be like the perfect combo. Just a little, little floater. Maybe, maybe we should well. turn this into like Not a mixology way. show. <laughs> we might. We might. Well, you know, people always say if, if the, the career doesn't work out, I can always go into bartending. So there you go. Um, yeah, it, what what you were saying before about the monotony of it, um, I, I was because we recently celebrated my uh, daughter's first birthday, mm. and I was I was trying to describe somebody. I was like, I know that this has been the slowest year of my life because I haven't gone anywhere for yeah. the most part. Um, but it, but in in having a kid at home and seeing her grow, it's gone by so fast. Mm-hmm. And and just that the warping of time from two different directions has been weird. I will say um, that I wanted to ask ask you that just how um, you know do you feel closer to the kids because they've you've been you know stuck with them for the most part or 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 no? You know what? No, actually, I don't, and I think that's because I had invested a lot of energy when our life was so busy. Um, it was so intentional about when I was home, making quality time at home quality, and and that was an advantage of a super busy, like always on the road, really intense, and then I would take you know, if I was home a Friday, Saturday, like it was, there was, there was nothing else that mattered. And we would do great things. Like it was, everything was. And now I think that, you know, just being together all the time, it takes more effort for those like quality moments. It's definitely switched to quantity. So I think we should always be focused no matter what's happening in our lives, whether, you know, with work or or social, but to always be focusing on the quality matters so much more, no matter what's happening than the quantity. That's great perspective. Okay. Um, I've got one here from Kibahas, Kibahas. I'd I don't know. K-Y-B-A-H-A-S. That's your question. Um, She asks, best place you've spoken at? And I, I, in my mind, that goes in a few directions. So I'm going to give you a little lightning round. Um, Best venue, favorite venue that you've spoken at? Not the the client, um, but the setting. Mm, I, my favorite venue was the MGM Grand Stadium in Vegas. Cause it was the biggest or the nicest or you hit the slots the night before or, <laughs> yeah, or no, I don't know. There was something about, I don't, there was something about the lighting at sound check. I don't know. There was just like, uh, maybe it was the first time I'm thinking about one event in particular. It was the first time it was my like biggest so it was the first time and it was just amazing. But it, I've spoken there a couple of times since. They can transform it into different things. And I just, I love that. I love that property. I love that stadium. Favorite city to visit. And I know as a business traveler, you are for the most part in and out, but you might have a overnight layover. Favorite, yeah. favorite city to visit um, for work. I love going to Columbus, Ohio. Oh, I would not have predicted that. I know, funny, right? It um the it's it's uh there's this like one street in Columbus, Ohio that just like has it has great restaurants, there's a little bit of shopping. And so if you're if you are a business traveler and you're just coming in and out, you can kind of like it's manageable. Like you don't have to get an Uber. It's manageable for just coming in, escaping a little bit, doing a little shopping, like literally 20 minutes of shopping, getting a great meal, going back to your hotel and and doing your work. So I know I love whenever I have to go to Columbus. Favorite airport that uh, you fly into Mm. regularly? 
So this, I mean, um, all right. There's a couple of different ones. I love nobody. And I have fellow speaker friends who get really mad at me about this would vehemently disagree, but I love flying into O'Hare, uh, particularly at the holidays. Like nobody does a holiday airport like Chicago O'Hare. Um, my least favorite is Atlanta. I should say it's always that. Pa- it's so packed. I mean, I know it's the busiest airport in the I world or whatever. Don't... So of course, it, of course, it's packed. But and 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 the thing is, is like now I will say Atlanta has a great Delta Lounge, um, and and that's where it gets like really nuanced, right? Like I love the rocking chairs at Charlotte, <laughs> um, but Charlotte as a whole, I don't like. Uh, there is a at the Orlando airport, which is for the most part, the worst airport, but there's a high hotel at the Orlando airport that has a really great sushi. I've talked about it on my Instagram before when I've gone and they have really great sushi up at the restaurant in the Hyatt hotel. So I love that. I love the Minneapolis airport because I grew up in Minnesota. And so whenever I go there, I feel like I'm at home. Same with Phoenix. I spent a lot of time in Phoenix. Um, and I'm trying to think if there are any others that really stand out, but those, those are the ones that, and and Miami's intense too. I don't like Miami that much. I, as, as a frequent flyer, like you are, I'm, I'm, um, I, I guess I'm, I'm just impressed that you are seeing these airports in far different ways. Cause I'm, you know, fat kid. And I'm like, Ooh, they have fast food that we don't have back home. Oh no, never <laughs> eat the fast food. Oh my gosh. Now I will say that. Yeah. There's, there's other reasons to enjoy. I think I like Chicago cause there's this little piano bar called bubbles. Um, and you can sit there and there's a piano play, piano. And it's like in the terminal. Here's the thing. I just like to sit and watch people but those are all airports. Those aren't the cities. So I don't, did you ask me about the airports, right? Yeah. I'm thinking about the okay. airports. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you don't eat that much fast food, Kendra. I don't believe it. That, that <laughs> leads me to the next question is from Stump Kim. Um, and this will be, we'll call this a work-life balance. Mm. Um, hobby, hobbies, hobbies are, are part of this vertical. Um, do you like to cook? No. No, no. The answer to that question is no. So how do we, you, how do you and, and Michael, your husband, how do you uh, manage the um, balance of chores and things like that? Oh man. It's, it's an ongoing process. I, and, and it isn't, it isn't that simple too, because when you're a per, I've, realized that one of my injections of joy, which is something, again, that I feel like we should be seeking, is going to restaurants. Not because of the food, but because especially now in the pandemic, is that's when you're able to be around other people um, with your mask off, to be more specific, so you can see their nonverbal face, their their facial expressions that matters to me and which I didn't realize. I just, that's a new discovery in 2021. Um, So the way that we divide is Michael is definitely 100% in charge of all food. And, and that's for me, that's for himself. That's for the kids. That's for the new dog that we have. Michael is in charge of food. Um, And I am in charge of reservations. I am in charge of ordering food in, which we try not to, like, that's becoming a problem, right? Because just like your love of fast food, Josh, there's not a lot that you can order in, even in New York, that isn't, you know, that isn't bad for you in one way or another. Um, But that's what the, that's what our division of household looks like. Fortunately, Michael says that he does like to cook. Um, It does bring him joy, our schedules are a little different. He would, I like to use dinner as a way to end my work day. So it's kind of like an indication that like you're, I'm done working and now I'm going to eat dinner and then I'll go on with my evening. Um, he d- prefers dinner a little bit later. So we have some discrepancy there that we recently discovered and are trying to work through. I, um, 
<laughs> so, so here's a, uh, a working remotely work from anywhere type question, because I know that you know, during the life of this podcast, you also had like a beach house type yeah. scene, a couple different apartments. You went to Florida um, for a while for like the kids spring break. And, and I know that yeah. you did some work down there. Um, do you try and keep the same schedule during uh, the day, no matter where you're working from or uh, how do you, what's your, what's your productivity tip? Yeah, I feel like it's best to keep the, well, it, it's best to decide if you're moving around. So yeah, we spent some time out this summer out at the beach. Um, it's best to decide if your time is vacation or if it's work. And if it's vacation, just let it be vacation. Um, and then you're not, uh, you're not right. You don't have to follow the same rules as you would for work. But if you're going somewhere and you're like, oh, I am here and it's like a vacation-y place, but I'm working, then you keep the same working hours. So like our trip to Florida, I had worked a bunch in advance so that and planned in advance so that we could take the four days in Florida. Those are vacation. And I did bring my computer along with me in case I felt inspired and the time you know, came about that I could do some work, but it was definitely an afterthought and not a primary goal. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Uh, we, one thing that I've been challenged by since, you know, we've, you've interviewed Don and Glenn um, from EXP since, since the success was acquired. Um, it's a fully virtual company. And so, um, you know, people are able to work from anywhere. And there's just a real, um, I feel called to more than ever before to, to be available. And I, I know that it's not meant to be that way, but, but it's the challenge of, of, of um, remote work is it, you can be uh, available. So, uh, any, you have done a great job. I will say about the uh, um, out of office emails, and, and so tell me, tell me the um, your your secrets to uh, to to sticking to it. And I think that out of office email is a big part of it. Yeah, actually, that that I was just going to say. Well, first of all, in my experience with success, I know that we've had um, at least one, now a couple uh, women go on maternity leave. And it's very clear. I can see in the culture there that everyone's like, well, when so-and-so gets back and they just... There's no communication there, giving them their time, which I love that that is like an honored and it's an important time <laughs> um, and that we miss them and it's so hard. But I also think that like it starts with, it, again, this all goes back to boundaries and then setting your boundaries and then being very comfortable with them. So I've been remote forever because I work for myself. My clients are all over. I have people, you know, they're coming from all different sides. And when I first got started, it really was like, okay, I'm going to be up in all hours available to answer. And if it doesn't get answered on a Saturday morning and when they wrote in, you know, so um, when I am taking specific time off, I set an autoresponder on my email and I keep it as joyful and lighthearted as I feel about that time off. Uh, and maybe it's time for vacation or maybe it's just time that I'm not answering emails. Um, because you're writing the book. Like you're exactly. like, look, I got to focus on this other thing. And I think that people appreciate that. I think that they appreciate and maybe... Maybe for me, a part of me is like, you know what? Maybe I'm teaching other people how to set some boundaries in their own lives. Like I have this other important thing that I'm doing, which means that... Because everybody knows what it is to get lost in their inbox. Um, and and I say that I give them different opportunities for people they can reach on my team if they need to. I also say that emails will be delayed, which means that if I am at 9 p.m. at night and I'm just sitting around and I want to get caught up on some emails, okay, I can because that's what delayed means. Now, the other thing that has been really helpful... So the autoresponder, I feel like, isn't entirely you know, revolutionary, 
But I also have, uh, it was a, what is that? A plugin that I have in my inbox called Boomerang. And I can schedule emails to go out at a more reasonable time. So that's really helpful. But the other thing that that plugin allows, and, and maybe you have it in Outlook or whatever it is, is I can pause my inbox. And so I get up in the morning or before I go to bed at night and I pause my inbox, which means not only are people getting my autoresponder, but I am literally not seeing their messages because it isn't so much about physically needing to write somebody back. It's about the mental space that I'm trying to protect. And if I see an email come in from an important person, or I see an email come in that maybe indicates some sort of trouble is happening, that's going to trigger a whole mental cascade that it doesn't matter if I'm on vacation or I'm supposed to write a book. If I see that email, I'm done until that email is taken care of. So I... So Josh, I'm letting you know, if you've tried to get a hold of me and you're like, why hasn't she written me back? This is urgent. I straight up pause my inbox. You cannot get through to me. And what's funny is because we all have this habit of, I'm going to check my socials. I'm going to check my email. I'm going to check my socials. I'm going to check my email. And we don't even realize we're doing it. And so now when I go to just like habitually check my email, there's nothing there. Like there's no new. And so I don't get sidetracked. Um, I don't get sidetracked by the incoming. And then I can also then have faith that they're getting the message that I'm, I don't know. I feel like it's like a consistency. Like it's actually following through on the fact that like, I'm really not going to write you back because I'm not even reading your message right now. Yeah. I think that's the challenge is, you know, you, you're trying, I mean, you're making an honest effort of, of when you can, you're writing back. But then when you do, it just encourages us to write more because like, look, (laughs) she's going to read it anyway, even if she says she won't. And of course, if I really need you, I can text. You know, and that's the thing is the people who really need me and um, in my autoresponder, the person it says to email is the is my best friend from college who works with me. She has my cell phone. She will call me and say, hey, listen, this huge opportunity came up or this thing is a huge disaster. Um, and then I also I unpause my email at like 8 p.m. at night when the kids are in bed. Maybe Michael's doing his thing. We've just got some downtime. I can unpause then. And it's crazy how many emails come in and you're like, oh, wow, I would have attacked that right in the moment. But it's okay that I don't look at it till 8 p.m. I'm going to leave with this one. I think that they're, you know, we're talking uh, to a lot of solopreneurs through this show and all of the things we do across success. Um, and one of the things that, you know, a couple of the things that we talk about are building a personal brand, obviously in 2021 and beyond you do that online, social media. Uh, the other thing that we talk about often is authenticity. Mm. How do you tell your story and build that personal brand and be authentic while still maintaining your privacy? This one's from Tiffany Flugel. Mm. I think that that is one of the like great powers of storytelling is and and you'll see in any of the stories that I tell or any of the teaching I do about storytelling stories need to be true they need to be real they need to be honest like you can't make up this is unless you're a fiction writer um you, you know you get to tell your real stories or you should be At the same time, I don't necessarily feel like we have to tell the real story the moment it happens Uh, because sometimes we're in the middle of a story. I mentioned that earlier. Like we're, we're in the middle of a story and the benefit for telling a story to an audience... Um, whether that be on social or wherever that is, uh, the benefit of sharing a story with anybody is that they get to learn from it. Um, And maybe they can use it as inspiration for themselves or uh, a lesson that you learn the hard way that now they don't have to learn it the hard way, right? Like you gave them the gift of knowledge before the experience. 
That being said, when you're in the middle of a story, like you're still working through it. You're, you're, you're still like, you can't necessarily give that whole thing forward yet because you don't know, you don't know how it ends or at least how it wraps up in that chapter. Um, so that's what I would recommend is, you know, when March happened and everything was collapsing and we were like, are we going to be homeless? I mean, where do we, what do we do? Where do we go? Like suddenly we had hundreds of thousands of dollars of income, which pays for rent and food and everything else vanish overnight or at least postpone indefinitely. Um, that was not the day to tell that story because I couldn't even wrap my head around it. And I think that right now there is this in this like push for authenticity and real and show the whole story. There, There's this undertone that is, so you have to tell it right there in the moment. I don't believe that's true. I believe stories are the most beneficial when you've gone on the other side of it. Or at least partway through, right? Like you're somewhere where there's a there's something that you can, a lesson that you can give. Uh, so 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 that's what I would say. Anyone who is feeling that like tension, it just it could be because you're hearing the message that if you're not telling the whole story right away, then you're being inauthentic. There is there is no shame in sitting in the middle of your story, waiting to figure it out, and then telling it later. It will likely have a bigger impact then. I noticed um, you, for example, on your social, we'll see you and Michael out at a restaurant that you used your success lifestyle editor title to get the best seat in the house at. I didn't. But, I haven't used it yet. They haven't given it to me yet. They haven't <laughs> <figured> it <out> yet. <laughs> but but uh, you seem to have made a pretty conscious decision that like you won't show the kids, that sort of thing. Mm. No. Unless I miss some. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of thinking about privacy in, in that sort of way. That's a good, that's a good question. Um, I do show the kids. Actually, now that you mention it, I haven't recently. Um, so when it comes to social and your kids, uh, my storytelling mentor, Donald Davis, uh, who is just, he, he's not in business. He doesn't even have Instagram. He doesn't, his social media is not his thing but I would hear him tell it storytelling festivals and he had kids. Um, but he always told stories like from his own life. And I asked him once, I'm like, why don't you ever tell stories about your kids? And he said, well, those aren't my stories to tell. Um, which was a, a conscious decision on his part. Whenever I tell stories, cause I don't necessarily never tell stories about my kids, but I always make sure that, the lesson that is learned is mine. I'm not necessarily telling stories of the lessons they learned because I can't speak for them. They are stories of the lessons that I learned as a mother or perspective that they have given me or insight that I gained as a result of being a mother and having kids. Um, and I'm sure the time will come where they will have an opinion about whether or not they're a part of my brand. Um, and they know when I like post about them, they know when they're on social, like when they're on Instagram stories. Uh, but yeah, I think as long as like, I always use the filter that it's me who's learning the lesson. I'm not telling the stories of the lessons they learned necessarily because those are their stories to tell. Yeah, I think of some of your best columns that you've done, like the the one of of uh, your daughter, like her first time ice skating. Yeah, and she fell and fell and fell, and you were the one feel you know upset about it, and but then like you got to see her stick to it and and not be embarrassed by failure, and and you got the growth out of it. So I'm the one that learned that because I would like didn't want her to fall. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, oh my gosh, you can't skate. You're gonna fall. You're gonna fall, and it was her just. You know, and it was me. I was the one who learned the lesson, which is like, they're going to fall. You have to let them fall. Like, otherwise they, she wasn't learning that. She was just falling. She's like, look at me, I fell. Like that wasn't, I needed to learn that lesson. So, yep, that's exactly it. 
Well, I think this is day one as the lifestyle editor officially, <gasps> right? Oh, yes. This is the announcement day. So I call it a success. I would say so. I'm going to call it a success too. I call, I mean, we're here with success. We might as well call it that. Almost as successful as a hour, hour and a half layover at the Atlanta airport. They have the varsity. <laughs> so chili cheese hot dogs or chili cheeseburger you only get one because like it's where where we where at where in atlanta at the airport at the it's the varsity i think i think all the terminals have them varsity i've seen them and i always just walk by and i'm like look at those fools just wanting to get a hot dog but you you say it's worth it get a chili hot dog in atlanta don't get the don't get the fries or anything because like you you know you, you don't you don't want to have a heart attack that day <laughs> later on. Maybe get them to go get the fries. Nothing better than someone sitting next to you on an airplane with a bag of fries. Yeah, I don't miss that. <laughs> yeah, the the hot food on the airplane. <laughs> no, so gross. Sal- salads and wraps, people. Yeah. Salads and wraps. Salads and wraps. No tuna fish. Thank Kendra, you. it was fun uh, riding in the sidecar with you today. I know. Can we do it again? Uh, Of course. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. If you enjoyed this conversation, look up an inch or down an inch and check out all of our previous discussions. You can find those at iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, or wherever finer podcasts are sold. And of course, check out the latest issue of Success Magazine by heading over to success.com slash subscribe and get more inspiring stories like this delivered right to your front door. Be sure to give us a review on Apple iTunes and you can find me at KindraHall.com or on Instagram at KindraHall. That is Kindra with an I. I can't wait to hear the stories you'll tell. Until next time.